Welcome to Athletes and Entrepreneurs, the Alumni Journey. I'm Rob Finkelstein, founder and CEO of Alumni Journey. We've created a platform to help uh, alumni to network and connect through their community groups, whether it be uh, current college alumni, whether it be athletes, whether it be fraternity sororities. We want to give them the place where they can effectively work together and help each other out. Uh, with the show, uh, Athletes and Entrepreneurs, the Alumni Journey, uh, we interview former collegiate and professional athletes, and we talk about their journey out of sports. There's a major issue today with athletes transitioning out of sports, and we want to create a place where um, we teach and inspire athletes that there is, in fact, life after sports. So today, we're so excited. We have Dave Holmes on with us. How you doing, Dave? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Rob. Uh, you're welcome. So Dave is a former uh, college football player. He went to Northern Michigan University. And once he uh, got out of sports, uh, he got, well, he's still in sports in the sense that he's a coach and a teacher. And then from there, he worked his way up through administration. And now he has a, he's the uh, district superintendent uh, for the Brighting Township Schools in Michigan, Upper Michigan Peninsula. Uh, so um, Dave, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, I always like to start the show. Tell me about growing up playing sports, uh, you know, through high school into college and how that shaped you. Oh, thank you. Uh I have four older brothers, so uh, or three older brothers. I'm sorry, I'm the fourth, and um, they were always involved in sports. So it was something you know, it was family uh, tradition, basically, to be involved. And I looked up to them all, and I wanted to be like them and try to one up them, as a lot of younger siblings do. Absolutely. Uh, so participated in baseball and um, basketball as a youth kid, and then in high school, I was mainly a um, football player with a football player on a basketball court at times, and then a track athlete. And that was mainly um, the, the throwing events. Back in the good and good old days when we all uh, played sports and, and how like playing these sports, how, how do you think that helped to shape uh, your personality and, and your, uh, your skill sets? Well, at, at an early age, for sure, you learn how to work together and cooperate all of the traditional things you hear about sports and the benefits. But I think the, the grit kind of, um, that it takes to be involved in sports and you know, we're a small school. So you're on the field or on the court, you know, start to finish. Um, and then just that whole, it was an opportunity to do things beyond um, what was at home. You know, if there was chores at home and that kind of thing that needed to be done as a, as a young member of the family, it was just that opportunity to get out and um, excel and, and enjoy some, you know, really some good coaching. Yeah, no, that that's great. And uh, so most people asked, uh, did you dream about being a professional athlete? And if so, what sport? Yeah, I, I was a pretty big kid as a as a youngster. My father was a really large man. So I think a lot of folks thought I was going to be as big as he was. So, if, you know, that whole professional football thing um, you dream about. Howie Long was my my probably the person I watched the most. We lived in rural upper Michigan and we got one TV channel. So we watched a lot of NBC, which was um, AFC football. So I watched the Chiefs and the Raiders and the Broncos in their heyday. And it was uh, great to watch and learn how long was the band. Yeah, I, I was uh, at one point I was a Raiders fan, but I think it was probably a little bit earlier. I was I was back in, I think, the uh, the Ken Stabler days and Cliff Branch. All those guys. Right. Right. So a little, little pre Howie log. So, uh, yeah, I always talk about, uh, you know, my dream of being a, a major league baseball player. Uh, unfortunately, the talent wasn't there. So uh, that's what I'm doing today, doing this. Sure. sure, exactly. And the same here. Had an opportunity to play some college sports, but certainly that was not in the wheelhouse as far as my skill level, um, let alone, you know, making a career out of it. So 
Yeah. But, you know, Hey, to, to play the next level of college is great. Uh, you know, I, I, I ran, uh, cross country and track a couple of years and then I got hurt. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, playing college football. And, and the one thing, um, yeah, the, the, the whole theme of the show is talking about ultimately that transition out of sports, whether it's out of collegiate or professional, w- was there education, um, when you were going to school around that, um, of, you know, showing athletes about different areas that they can go after they were done with sports? There was not a lot um, organized by the university. And I, I've listened to, you know, a few of the podcasts, uh, actually almost all of your podcasts regarding this. Well, thank you. Um, but, you know, I, I really think it had to do with the era as well yeah. as the, as well as the mission, like our mission as players was always wanting to do your best on the field and prepare and do all the necessary things um, to do that. And I believe the coaches were so focused on, you know, the next game or the next part of the season or recruiting and that type of thing where I think it takes, and I realize this in my role today, it takes dedicated people. Like you have to have an alumni um, department association um, and people working on that day in and day out, because you can't do your day job as a coach and be the alumni coordinator for the district. You can certainly be a great liaison, but I, I didn't see that in my time frame, but I know they're doing a better job at it now. Um, and I think they are across the country as well. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think it's, there's more of a focus on now, but I, I guess the, the other side of it, maybe you could take that perspective is uh, I've talked to athletes about, it and they say the one thing is sometimes when you're in that zone and you're playing, I mean, you're just, you're kind of focusing on your sport. So even if there might be some opportunities to, you know, provide that extra education, they might not necessarily pay attention to it. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? One of the things I think that like they did initially with us while they were recruiting is they did do a good job at um, pairing you up with people in your career field. Like I, I still keep in touch with the individual that I met with on my very first visit to Northern. Um, Just so happens to be, he was a superintendent here um, and with our local in our local area. So I have that connection, but some of the things they did, I think were focused on the long-term goal as far as requiring a study hall for, freshmen to attend, making sure, you know, that they're doing the grade checks. They re- they had a focus on that your degree was most important. I will say that. Um, but right. making those connections beyond, not so much. I, and I think a lot of the, the rules around the NCAA and what they allow as far as connection with alumni and that type of thing maybe hampered that a little bit as well. Yeah, I would agree. I think, and, and obviously that's changed a little bit with, uh, you know, NIL with name, image, likeness. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I think, uh, you know, I was talking to one of my podcasts, one of the uh, former uh, college football players as well. And he said he really wishes there would have been some type of a class or a workshop, maybe like a, a four week or even a semester where the athletes were kind of, you know, forced to take it. So that being said, there'd be things that might resonate, uh, you know, in, in their future of, of um, you know, for that. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you kind of touched on it. Um, let's talk about alumni engagement. So, uh, twofold. So the first question is going to be related to when you were at school and alumni engagement and, and, and you did you know, talk about the, you know, obviously issues with, you know, rules and things like that. So talk about that when you were playing. And then also the second part of it, talk about it now as an alumni going back. Okay. Well, again, during my time frame, again, the early nineties, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of organized structure to bring an alumni back to the speak to the students or the athletes or that type of thing. Um, they are, I think, doing a better job at it now and what can it connect 
Northern Michigan has a great um, tradition of history. You know, we quickly discussed the other day, they, they went from a, their storied program of 0 and 10, the 10 and one in the national title in division two in 1975. And it was that series of coaches and series of players that were networked to the university and still have a great, you know, um, connection today. And what they're doing now, I think, um, a better job at. They've gone through some real tough times as far as wins and losses. And um, a new coach is a former teammate of mine. They're bringing back some of those folks that are um, big name folks that are uh, connected to Northern and trying to get that network of alumni there to support and not not just financially, just to start talking about Northern again, start talking about um, bringing kids back there and getting recruits there and all the necessary things. And um, they do some great things for the university. And I know um, I see on the horizon, if it's not already happening, that there's going to be more connection with the alumni to the players. I, I just see that from the, the current um, coaches and, and the things they're doing with their alumni. That's great. And I, th- I think you, you kind of hit it. It's, a lot of it falls back on, um, you know, whether the athletic department of coaches, I, I know in talking to some people, they say, you know, you've got that culture. And then all of a sudden, if there's a changes in coaches, then, then that kind of goes, might go out the window. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to bring alumni back uh, and not just in the typical, okay, they're going to come back and have a golf tournament with a uh, you know, fellow alumni or even some of the, the student athletes, but more to your point of just working with the athletes and, you know, whether it be uh, helping them in their careers or just mentoring them. Um, I think it's really important to get that alumni involvement. And I, I will see it um, in my, my own career um, as an educator. Um, Northern has really been known. To, uh, they produce a lot of teachers. And as you know, there's a teacher shortage across the country <laughs> pretty, and within our state. But they really are making a point of um, bringing us back. And we're doing mock interviews with the kids involved in the education program. Um, they're making connections that way. They want to know if you're a Northern alumni when you're participating in these events. They're, they're reaching out and doing those things. There's a new president. The president's kind of doing all the necessary things to reach out and connect with the region. Um, and I think that'll carry over into their sports connections as well as far as, uh, you know, looking at nurturing these athletes. Um, and the, the course thing you discussed, be, there are so many courses that you have to take as a college student anyway that can be an elective. It would be ideal to have this as far as, you know, units with financial literacy and all the things that, you know, your transition out and, you know, take care of your body and all the things necessary. Yeah. And that, and that's some of the things we've talked about. I know, you know, I talk a little bit offline about just providing, working with the schools and their athletic departments and putting together a team of um, resources, the mental health, financial literacy, athlete transition coaches, people that teach help network and connect and, giving, giving that, um, that, uh, help for these athletes as they transition out of sports. And the kind of a, another question that came to mind, um, along with that education at the college level, uh, talk a little bit about, um, are there things that are being done now, maybe at the high school level where, uh, there are programs like this that ultimately will help athletes as they look to their future? Yeah. Athletes and just students in general, we're actually investigating a, more of a leadership type course to, um, implement as an elective within our school. I mean, we want great leaders. Um, it takes, you don't just get born to be, you hear that natural born leader, but you may have those characteristics, but if you don't hone those skills um, and have good mentors and good, you know, good systems in place to learn those things, um, I think 
in the in the schools is definitely a great place to learn some of that and teach it and make it part of our curriculum as well as specifically for our athletes or um, students involved in other clubs or those types of things. Yeah, no, that that's that's great that they're looking at. Are there um are there sports management classes in high school? Not not technically, but we we have the ability in in our state. Um, we have the ability to do some independent study type things that are um, basically work-based learning. And we kind of tie that in through a marketing course, do work-based learning. Like say you want to shadow an athletic director, that would be an opportunity. Um, you'd have some flexibility to be able to do. And I'm confident there are places that do, but at our district, um, we don't currently, but we have the ability to do that through some of the marketing type courses. Right. Uh, I want to talk a little bit, uh, and, and we touched again on this, but let's talk about NIL name image likeness. And, and a lot of people kind of attest right now, uh, kind of being the wild, wild west. So uh, give me your thoughts, positive and negative, I guess, both from a, a perspective of um, from a college athlete and then also from a high school athlete. Well, certainly if an athlete or a young you know individual has the opportunity to make an income there's a benefit to that if they, um, you know, that the things that athletes have to do as far as time, effort, energy beyond the classroom, it doesn't allow you as much time for um, a job. And I, I was one that, because of our financial circumstance, had to have a job. Um, probably 30 years ago, the coaches maybe didn't realize it was an NCAA violation or whatever, maybe if it was, but. Um, if I didn't have a job during college, I would have been able to um, make it through, you know, and our, um, I think within our team, if you look at that, there was students, if it was a division one program, certainly um, would have had that opportunity. And I, I look at it as a lot of those folks, maybe that would have been their opportunity. If you are not permitted to get a job by the NCAA uh, regulations, you have the ability to earn some income. I think there's some potential drawbacks with, that whole disparity in the team, you know, the component of this person gets X, but you kind of have that with scholarships. Um, you have some people on full rides and some on partials and some as walk-ons um, right. and, and they all come together and, and work together for a common goal. So I think, I think kids are pretty doggone resilient and can navigate that. Um, but those are the challenges I, I would imagine these college coaches are having to work through. And I, I know it's not only division one. Now you have these smaller schools that are picking up some um, NIL things and even high school students. Right. Yeah. And, and I, you, you, you talked about it. Do you think as a, um, do you think it affects teammates? I mean, like you said, I mean, there's disparities in, in scholarships as well, but uh, with all the focus uh, that some of these uh, players might have on NL does it take away from that from the team and the the competition at all um I think it could you know and I, that that takes a great uh leadership and involved in the coaching staff and that type of thing to navigate that um kids now and you know adults as well I guess anything digital is getting monetized so um they're they want more likes on a Facebook page or whatever Instagram page or whatever it might be they want more attention that way. Eventually, that's kind of how they feed into the um, the attention and potentially marketing. And I think it's just more native to them than it might be for folks our age. Right. Um, 
And and I think they can have they're pretty doggone resilient and can navigate it. Yeah, and I, and I I think the um part of that also with the social media is you hear stories about and I don't know if they're, maybe they're becoming less frequent, but like some of these, you know, like you know anybody young. I mean, people make mistakes, and you know, but you hear these stories of of things coming back to kind of haunt these some of these athletes, or not just athletes in general, just youth in general, where they they made some comments or did some things on social media. Is there a, a move to better educate, uh, and is that done in in at the high school level? Somewhat, uh, we do a lot of that through our either an advisory course when they're younger in middle school, that type of thing, just as far as, you know, um, responsibilities as opposed to rights, you know, those kind of type things that come into play. But also, you know, our coaches, I think, do a real good job about uh, managing that. What the handbook or the code or whatever it might be should happen. And certainly, you know, we're dealing with a lot of young individuals. Kids are going to make mistakes. Right. Um, And, say something or post something or do something that's not a okay in a school setting or whatever it might be. But um, there's a pretty high focus on that. And then it really comes down to, you know, in the moment, right. You can't control every last thing, every, every, you have a a pile of kids uh, involved in a team and um, or a program or a school district. We grew up at one time when we didn't have the the things that they have to record or video or say those things, you know, um, but I think there's a there's a heightened awareness certainly and and it's communicated quite a bit by by our staff and families too. You know, families right. have a big impact on that. Yeah, that's important. I mean, you know, obviously I I, I always talk about I, I told my kids never put anything in writing that you didn't want somebody that could potentially see it. So that that was like old school kind of before the whole you know social media boom. But um I think it's you know it's it's definitely a need for education. People are still gonna make mistakes. It was interesting. I was talking to somebody, uh, one of my recent podcasts, and she was talking about how uh, they were at, at an event and uh, the team had just won a championship. And so they're, you know, they're all gathered around and, and one of the star players uh, had a beer. I mean, he was 21, but, you know, she immediately kind of grabbed it from him before they started like taking all these pictures in social media, because it just, it was an optics issue. And I think that's the problem too, uh, you know, with social media. I mean, it's, it's fantastic to promote things, but then you also, you have to manage the potential downside too. Right. And, you know, I think one of the difficult things for an athlete is dealing with maybe the trolls that are out there that are saying, you know, you got even a 22 year old kid out of college, you have to realize they're out there pouring their heart and soul and doing something. And then you have, you know, fan from XYZ getting on their, their site and, and bashing them for a game performance or that type of stuff. So that's another difficult thing. I think with the social media pieces, the, what the the what the nav athlete has to navigate if they put those sites out there, you know, you open yourself up for a lot of criticism as well. Yeah, and that, that actually, uh, I, I just uh, thinking of something else kind of related to that. Uh, I was talking to somebody recently talking about bullying, and I'm sure this is a big thing that you deal with, um, you know, in the school system. But it was interesting because more perspective. I mean, typically in the past, it would be a lot of what you think that whether you want to say the cool, the people that thought they were cool or the athletes might be bullying some of these other, you know, people that uh, might've been more quirky, but it's, it's interesting. She kind of flipped the narrative and said that there's a lot of athletes or these like supposedly popular people that are getting bullied. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. And, and it's so, you know, 
if in our day and age, it was in one ear and out the other, I think at certain times, because it was said, and when it's in writing, it's there. Um, if it's digital uh, or video or whatever it might be, there's a lot of that. So I will say this, there, there are a lot of really, really good things in place nowadays that really educate people about being more, you know, receptive and tolerant and just overall just being nice. And, and I think because it gets put in the media often, that it oftentimes kids nowadays or groups might get, you know, that, that bad reputation when it's not necessarily deserved. Right. Right. So let's talk about um, transitioning out of sports. So, you know, you grew up playing sports, you loved it. I mean, I was the same way. And now when it was time to, um, you know, to stop after college, talk about, um, you know, how that affected you and, and maybe give some advice to other athletes uh, as they get to that journey, whether it's college or professional. Sure. So um, it was a good transition for me. Uh, I would look at it as a long transition from high school because I wasn't your typical, you know, maybe the folks are interviewing. I wasn't the star athlete, even on our college team. I was a special teams player, a backup. Um, so you kind of, I was fighting and trying to get those starting positions, but just the ability, you know, as far as my role. Um, so I didn't have that huge drop off and, you know, you're the star, so to speak. And then you're a nobody when you walk out the doorway and then being involved in education, um, you know, gave me a clear pathway into coaching and, you know, both schools I worked at, I was involved as a coach before I became an administrator. So you, you have that um, ability to, to, scratch that itch, so to speak, as far as being involved in, in sports. So that, that piece was really nice. Um, I think the, the things that really I would hammer home from my experience is that college and high school as well. And the people you around talk so much about how to be, you know, a leader in my field. And it gave me the grit, I think, to just make those big decisions and move forward and, and really kind of drive drive forward into a um, more of a leadership position as an administrator in the district. And I think those things really, because of those foundations, I maybe either had an easy, easier pathway or um, was more willing to, to do the work necessary to get those things done. Yeah. And I, I think you, the, one of the key words there you, you hit was leadership. Cause I, I know just, you look at the DNA of an athlete and just, uh, you know, everything, the skill sets and in a lot of companies, and that was a, one and I think we talked about you might even listen to that one, but one of the uh, one of the other guests talked about just imploring athletes like, look, it, use your skill set. People want to hire that. Like this this mm-hmm. guy went on to be uh, a CEO of several different Fortune 500 companies, but he just talked about um, the drive, the persistence, the leadership, the preparation, practice, everything that goes into being an athlete uh, on a daily basis and utilizing that. So we definitely want you know, athletes to know, it's just, you know, when you're done, it, it's a lot of people talk about, okay, um, I'm Dave, the football player, I'm Rob, the runner, I'm Billy, the basketball player, Susie, the tennis player, but you know, you're a person and you got a whole lot of life ahead of you. Right. And you know, that that's what we want to, uh, you know, teach people. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think those things you, in any job, you're going to have difficulties everybody has you know you solve problems basically um one way or another you work in either service industry or manufacturing whatever it might be you're solving problems to try to gain a profit or to try to do a better job as a school in my case um and having the the grit from 
sports really helps you to work through those really, really tough times, um, whether it's financially or, or tough times as far as tough decisions that are maybe not necessarily unpopular, but you do your homework and you can, you know, um, I've never really kind of felt like I needed to explain a decision. I needed to explain how I arrived at that decision, right? If it's a difficult decision, if you can explain how you arrived at that decision, most folks can, can live with, with what the decision is. Yeah, that, that's great advice for sure. So um, talk about, you know, a big part of what, um, you know, what alumni direct is about is um, the networking connecting. And, and uh, you know, I've talked to some agents where they've said that, you know, the best time to network and connect is when the athletes are still playing. So give me some thoughts on networking, connecting, and, and even down to the high school level. Well, one, I have two daughters I share with my own daughters um, and I share with kids all the time. Never, ever underestimate that importance of networking, really that whole piece of you know a certain thing in within your career. You learn a certain thing in your in your um, undergraduate education or high school, but you don't memorize it all. You may have to memorize it for a test, but then you have to be able to go out and apply it and work with people and get along with them and, and um, have them everybody wants to be on a winning team, right? Um, whether it's in a work workplace or on a sports team. So if you want to be on a winning team, you, you got to be a good teammate. You got to be able to, you know, demonstrate that you're that type of material, right? For that certain company, you want to be um, the type of person that they want to hire and that personnel um, skills and networking and just being able to be relatable, I think are very important. And for me, I, I look at it as um, in my career, being able to expand upon beyond the, the walls of education. You know, um, I've started to over the past 10 or 15 years serve on some boards within the state and locally that really helped to hone my skills as a as a administrator. And um, there's you can learn a lot from watching others and observing and listening and being part of those things and being part of those decisions that, that take place on things like those boards. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, it's, it's so important. And I think, um, yeah, you just think about, uh, it, it all about having a, a spirit of, of helping others to, you know, kind of paying it forward, uh, when you are networking is it's not all about, you know, what's in it for you, but, but how can you help other people? And I think, it, the learning starts at a young age. I mean, it's just not being afraid to listen to your teachers, coaches, parents, other friends, and just, you know, build that through high school and college. And it just it become part of your daily life uh, of just working together and, and helping others. So let, let's talk about, uh, so today uh, you're doing some great things in education and it's, uh, you know, education is so important to people. I, I know from my, my wife's been a teacher for many years and uh, you have an opportunity to impact our youth, you know, all over. So talk about some of the things that you're doing today um, uh, in your role. Well, as a district superintendent, um, you have a greater influence on the direction of the district, but you're not as closely connected with the kids, um, you know, as far as day in and day out, like a classroom teacher, even a building principal. But in my own personal um, experience and in, in our district, having been a teacher, having been a principal in the district, really helps me to stay connected to those kids and being involved um, in their events. Um, I look at the, all of the extras of the evenings, going to games and concerts and programs, you know, some community members will 
walk by and say, man, you guys put in long days. You know, you really, you have to be at all these things. And I, I look at that as I get to be at these things. I get to be at a football game. I get to go to, you know, a tournament game and part as part of my job. Um, I get to go to watch an awesome play or a concert. Um, so th there's that reach, you know, that's very gratifying, I guess, as far as seeing those kids beyond, perform beyond what's happening in the classroom. But, and then, you know, certainly around the community. Um, when I've been in this district for 25 years now, so um, you certainly gain a, a um, network of folks that you know and, and they trust you. You know, that's really a, a good feeling to have that trust in, in, in from the community. How do you, how do you root for a, like, you got the whole district, so you got to, you got these teams playing each other. Is it, you have to, you have to play favorites there? How does that work? Uh, well, actually, um, we're a single building district. So we have a single high school of about ah, 600 okay. students, a single middle school of about 600 students. Um, but there was a time we actually had like, a, when I was a middle school principal, we actually had a, a couple of teams in basketball that would play each other. So we'd just cheer for the kids, you know, that, that, it's all about the experience and great opportunities. It's one of those things like I, when we compare sports to work and we talk about this quite a bit at the end of each year, it's like um, when you work in a school, it's, it's unique in the way that the year ends. You really kind of have to tie things up the year ends and the kids go home. And as a principal, I'd watch the buses pull out of the parking lot and you kind of get that feeling like we just won. Right. And it's like you win every season. Uh, I can't think of any of the 26 years, which is 25 in this district, that I felt like at the end of the school year, oh, we lost that season. And when you're when you're a athlete, it's pretty good likelihood if you're successful, you're going to end your season on a loss. You know, only the champions win, end with a win. Right. So yeah. um, that's always that. I think that's a great motivator. Um, but it's always something that you feel at the end of a season. And when you're in a school, um, you know, top to bottom, start to finish. When you finish that season, you feel like you won. Absolutely. So any, uh, any fun stuff in the future, uh, after, uh, after what you're doing or along with what you're doing? Yeah. Um, I would say I'm learning the, the value of networking now that I'm pretty modest person overall where I don't feel like, you know, I, I have a Facebook site, but I use that for my own personal use. We, we market as a district. All my energy has been into the district I work at. Um, but I know that this isn't the last chapter in life, right? So as I move out of education, eventually there'll be other things I would like to be able to do, um, whether it's consulting or doing some something else within another business or that type of thing. Um, beyond my years as an administrator, but I think the, the biggest thing I would say and encourage your listeners, if they're not involved, is find ways to get involved in your community or serve on boards or those types of things. They've been such great learning experiences for me. Um, I served on a principal's association board for the state of Michigan. I got on a local hospital board when it wasn't a popular time to be on. They were going through some real, real tough times. And the, the things I learned in sports or in my career really helped me to have the determination to kind of see that through to where they were out, you know, at one point almost not making it to them becoming financially sound and merging with another organization, that type of thing. So it's just, you, you can't underestimate the value of those experiences and how they might impact you long-term. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Uh, well, this has been great. Uh, we really appreciate your time. And I think there's a, 
you know, we encourage uh, listeners and viewers to, there, there's so much um, that can be taken out of um, um, the sports, you know, your sports journey. And we really encourage you to, uh, to pick up on different nuggets like Dave shared today, just uh, things that can help you moving forward. Uh, Cause there's many years ahead and great impacts that you can have. Uh, you can find us at alumnidirect.com. Uh, you can follow the show on our YouTube channel, uh, also on all the major podcast networks. And uh, we really want to make a, a positive impact in helping athletes transition out of sports. So once again, thanks, Dave. I uh, uh, really appreciate the time today. Thank you for having me. Uh, it was our pleasure.